welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, we are in the second week of Anchor Verses, and our Anchor Verse is a favor for many, and it's found in 2 Timothy 1.7, and I'm going to read it in a bunch of translations for you, all right? But the first one I'll start with is, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. Now, just show a hand, just curious. How many of you say, this is like an anchor verse for you here at all of our campuses? If that's you, raise your hand. You're saying, that has been one that I've grabbed hold of. All right, so you see around uh, a lot of people grabbing a hold of this. And uh, it's interesting, our soap reading from the other day, just the other day was in 2 Timothy, and we did not plan that. I just want you to know, we did not plan that two days before I would preach this, it would be boom, that we'd be reading it. I didn't plan that, but I love how God does that. And if you're not doing our soap reading you can find it online, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer, Reading the Word of God. But the Apostle Paul is writing to a young pastor named Timothy, and he's calling him up. He's encouraging him. He's, he's, he's telling him, like, this is going to be an anchor for you. This is going to be an anchor verse for you. I'm writing this to you, and this is going to be something that you need to grab a hold of. And I want to give you the couple verses around it and then read it in another translation. In uh, 2 Timothy 1, I'll read verse 6 and 7. Paul, remember, Paul is talking to Timothy. He says, for this reason, I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, in that translation I read, and it said the word timid, okay? And it's, it's probably a better translation to have the word timid there instead of fear, now, there's different words for fear. And if you're saying, um, I, I have real fears or phobias or things I need to overcome, Psalm 34, 4 could be another anchor verse. It's not for our series, but I just want to throw this out there. It says, I, I called upon the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. And the word that's there is actually phobia. So any phobia, you can say, God, I want you to deliver me from that. Now, this one here is it's a, it's a, a spirit of fear that's timidity. It, it, it's a spirit of fear that keeps you from doing what God has called you to do. And so he's saying, God's not giving you that. And I, I want to read it to you in the Amplified. And, and if you do Amplified with your soap, you're probably like months behind because it's so long. But um, this is what it says, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 from the Amplified. That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God, that inner fire, the special endowment, which is in you through the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm well-balanced mind and self-control. That, that's really what is being said here. And you got to realize Paul is in prison. He's in a cold cell. He's in chains. He is, is, it looks like he is not going to be released. It looks like he is going to be facing his death. And he is writing to young Timothy. He is, he is having to pass off the torch, if you will, to Timothy. And this is like Timothy's Charlie Mike moment. It's like, 
continue mission. Like, come on now, Timothy, listen. The, the Lord wants to speak something to you. And Timothy is this protege. He's not really a, a super strong leader. And we see this from just Paul's writing to Timothy and, and writing about Timothy. And I'll show you this. Timothy had a, a tendency to get lonely. Uh, Timothy was young. He was shy and timid. Um, he was not in the best of health. That's why Paul says, hey, Timothy, have a little wine for your stomach. You know, you're, you know it, it might settle you down, your, little, your stomach issues. Um, it, once Paul wrote the Corinthians church about uh, Timothy in 1 Corinthians 16, 10, he says, when Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he's with you, for he's carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. He's like, like guys, when Timothy comes there, just be easy on him, no hazing. You know, nice, be nice to Timothy. Timothy needs lots of encouragement, okay? So uh, do you understand, Timothy here is, and he's, he's, he's got to lead. He's got to pastor the church. He's got to step up. Paul's going to be leaving the scene. And so I want you to imagine like getting into Timothy's mind right now for just a second, all right? This is just a kind of a thought that I had, like getting into his mind. He's like thinking this, am I really cut out for this? I've got people in and out of the church raising all kinds of issues that I don't know how to respond to. People are opposing me, and some are even threatening me. I don't have the strength to handle this. I get stressed over the littlest issues, and, and sometimes I regret doing this, you know. My mentor is in prison again, and his execution is looming, and I don't know if I can do this. I know the calling on my life, but maybe this wasn't meant to be. I, I, if Paul were here, he could fix all this. I don't think I could ever fill his shoes, and... How can I be a witness for Jesus? I don't even know if I'm a Christian. How many can just identify with Timothy right there? And you're like, did he really say that? No, but I just kind of read into it. All right. But it makes it real. It makes it real, and it makes us realize this anchor verse is needed. This anchor verse is needed for him, and this anchor verse is needed for us today. And I want you to realize this. Everybody listening. You are not a failure when fear and timidity and cowardice attack you. It happens to the best of people. It happened to Timothy. Imagine the Apostle Paul, he's starting churches all around, and he says, Timothy, God has set you apart. You're going to be the pastor here to help these other people on their journey, and I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to pray. And Timothy's battling these things, and these things are going on. Imagine God says to Moses, I want Joshua to lead my people now. When you're gone, I want Joshua. And if you know the story, when Moses is handing it over to Joshua, Joshua 9, this is God speaking. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I mean, Joshua's facing it. Timothy's facing it. And, and I don't know about you, but whenever I see that Apostle Paul face something, I always feel better about myself. Like, like, I don't know, I just feel like he was kind of like sort of almost invincible as an early church leader. And when I see that he faced things, I'm like, oh, he did too. I feel better. So I want to show you this. In 2 Corinthians 7, 5, Paul says, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. The Apostle Paul is saying there was, there was fear. There was something going on. There was timidity. There was, I, I, we, there was, it, was, it was an internal battle going on, and we were being attacked on the outside and on the inside, the mind game and the things that were going on, and he had to probably remind himself, wait a minute, 
God's given us a spirit, not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control, sound thinking. I'm going to align with what God's spoken over me and not the lies of the enemy. And I want to speak to everybody here and that's listening right now. You, you, you have to align with what God says, not fear, not that spirit of timidity, not that cowardice. You have to be bold. You have to just realize to fan it into flame and to say, God, I am not shrinking back on what you've called me to do. Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China, and he said this. He said, many Christians estimate difficulty in light of their own resources, and thus they attempt very little, and they always fail. All giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on his power and presence to be with them. It's like all the giants started out in the faith, started out like with shakiness and they're just wondering is, and then God just gives them that spirit of power and love and helps their thinking to align with his word and it attacks us all and fear just comes to get that timidity, that back down and we just say fear is a liar. Now an article in Church Leaders uh, publication said this, five things Christians fear but they shouldn't. One of them is they fear shame. They fear shame. Christians are afraid of being put to shame for the things they've done in the past. Can I tell you this? The Bible says that when you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, he's forgiven them as far as the east is from the west. You don't have to worry about that. When the enemy says, oh, you, 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 you can't align with that, you have to have, be timid. You know what you did? Do you know what you did? You, you know how bad you were. You, you, you know what? That should charge you up. You know, I know how bad I was. And if he could forgive me, he could forgive them. If he could forgive me, I could have boldness. I, I couldn't forgive me and God forgave me. And now I can forgive. Hey, I'm not going to be afraid of shame. Another thing it says, Christians are afraid of foolishness. They're afraid of looking foolish in the eyes of other people. I mean, just going to church makes you look foolish. People are like, I'm sleeping in, you're not. You're like, and they think, like, you say you gave money. They're like, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe you gave money. I can't believe that. They, we're afraid of being foolish. I'm saying, I'm going to look foolish for God. We're afraid of ambiguity. Third thing, Christians are afraid to live in the uncertainty. They're just, they're afraid of that. Like, I, I don't know. And so the ambiguity, like, I don't know how it's going to turn out. So I can't step out in faith. I'm going to live in fear because I don't know what's going to happen. Hey, God is with you. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to worry. Even though you don't have all the steps figured out, you don't know what's around the corner. He's walking with you. They're afraid of opposition. No one likes it when they face opposition. You know, we just, we, we don't like that people are opposed to us. But we, we don't have to be afraid of the opposition. We know that we're going to have opposition. We were reading again, and I was reading the Word, and it says, you know, those who want to live godly are going to face Persecution. I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I know there's going to be opposition, but we're afraid of it. Yeah. Another thing is we're afraid of pain. We're afraid of pain. Christians are afraid of physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain. They, they, they've trusted God with their eternity, and they know they're going to be with him in heaven, but they don't like the pain here and now. And so because they're afraid of pain, they, they don't move forward. And when we're, when we're afraid and we're living in this spirit of fear, you know what happens? We, we stop the mission. We stop working. We don't continue on. We don't Charlie Mike. 
When we're afraid and we're having this spirit of timidity, we don't use our gift. We don't proclaim truth. We, we start making excuses of why God can't use us and, and, and why it's okay to stay back and not open our mouth. And we procrastinate and we see the danger and we hide. And followers of Jesus Christ cannot give into that spirit of fear, that spirit of cowardice, that spirit of timidity. God has called us to be bold. God has called us to be courageous. God has called us to lean on him in our weakness. God has called us to grab a hold of this spirit of power and love and self-control. And he's saying, move forward. Don't, don't live afraid. Don't be afraid. And I, I just, there are so, I can't tell you how many times I talk to believers that are just afraid. They're afraid to move forward. They're afraid to open their mouth. And, and it's like, pray for me. I just, uh, and, and after I'm, I'm, like after a while, you're like, okay, this is the 50th time we prayed against that. You just eventually got to open your mouth. You know, you got to open it up. Words have to come out, you know, like, all right. So back to Timothy. Paul says, remember, 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 remember. Okay, there's a bunch of remembers that he says. Like, first of all, like Paul is assuring him like, okay, Timothy, God doesn't give you the spirit of fear. And I want you to fan in the flame. And he goes, I like, I believe in you. I believe in you. And, and so Paul knows, like, Timothy's going to be encouraged. Like, I, I'm for you. Like, I'm on your team. Like, I believe in you, young man. I just want to tell you right now, the words of encouragement that you can give are so powerful. If you believe in somebody, you need to go tell them this week, I believe in you. I have faith. I see good in you. I see leadership. You call up things out of them. You affirm it. And so Paul's saying, I believe in you. And then he, and then he says, remember, you, you have a really godly grandma and a really godly mom. And he's like, you have a godly name and a godly family. And you, you know, you do not want, come on, keep it going. Your grandma had it. Your mom has it. You have, you have great heritage, great history. You got this. You've got, remember, that's part of this. And then he says, remember, you were set apart and I laid hands on you and the power of the Holy Spirit filled you and you were given gifts. Remember that. Remember, you have gifts like you're not doing it in your own strength. And then he says, remember, God has the power to strengthen you. Again, he gives us those weapons. You've got power. You've got love. You've got self-control. Remember. And Paul's like, can you just see the pep talk right now? He's like, come on, Timothy, come on. I, you know, did you, I saw like somebody in the Olympics, this girl, like her, she was doing judo, and her coach ordered her like, and they said it was abuse, and, and it was, she was like, I liked it. It just wakes me up. I could just see Paul with Timothy, like, psh, psh, psh. come on, remember, let's go. Come on, I'm in prison. I'm leaving this place. You got this. Let's go. Paul doesn't say this initially, but right now Jesus is interceding for us in heaven. He's at the right hand of God the Father, and he's making intercession for us. That's what Hebrews 7 talks about. He's making intercession for us right now. And we should just have this boldness to realize, I am not going to be timid. I am going to be bold for Jesus Christ. Robert Murray McShane, he was a Scottish pastor, he said this, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies, yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. Right now, Jesus is praying for you. When you need boldness to stand up at school, Jesus is praying for you. When you need boldness to stand up at the marketplace, he's praying for you. When you need to move out in your gifts and do that, he's praying right now to the Father. He's interceding. And so Paul's saying, I'm reminding you, 
Timothy, I need you to fan this into flame. I need you to fan this into flame. Like it's growing, a li- I, I can just see it's growing a little down. I need you to fan this into flame. Let's get this fire going again. General Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, he said this, the tendency of fire is to go out. Watch the fire on the altar of your heart. He's saying fires have a tendency to go out. You start them and then they go out if you don't tend to them. And on the fire of your heart, you're going to have to watch this. You're going to have to work at this. You're going to have to move this. Paul said in Romans 12, 11, he said, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. He's like, don't be lacking in zeal. Have fervor. Have a boil to you. Have a burn. Like there's, have this presence of God flowing in you. Fan it up. Get it up realize there's something that is in you fan it up and I couldn't help but think of this um when it says fan into flame you know like if, you, if you've ever started a fire and you you know you're started and you, you you fan it you know when I was in Cub Scouts and you're like all right we're gonna start a fire we're gonna blow on it. I'm like that's gonna put it out you know and they're like no it's gonna work like it's gonna fan it into flame we're gonna it's like and all of a sudden I'm like oh that's amazing and I'll never forget I just whenever I read this fan into flame uh verse I always think about my dad when we'd go camping. Now, this is old school, but when they'd have those inflatable mattresses, how many remember those foot pumps for the inflatable mattresses? You know what I'm talking about? We'd be camping and, and you know, the, the campfire was going out and dad just brought that little thing out and just, and it was like a blow to, I mean, that thing just went. So that was the big thing now. We, did, we just wanted to light a fire and then stomp that. And then he got the air compressor out. Fan into flame. Fan into flame. Fan into flame. Don't let your fire grow cold. Fan it into flame. Put another log on the fire. We've got work to do. Really, a half-filled life, really, is never going to uh, fulfill a book of Acts life. If you're, if you're half-filled, if you're just kind of half there and you're not really hot, you need to be hot. You need to be after this. So that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. And I believe this. We need this word now more than ever. The things that we face, we've got to fan into flame. We've got to not back down and have a spirit of timidity. And I just, this is not exhaustive, but I, I went through just things in my life where I had to have a, a, to fan into flame, to remember that God had put me on mission. There was something for me to do. I was his child. I was a Christian. I was a follower of God. And there was something for me to do. And occasionally he would want me to open my mouth and have a spirit of boldness to step into a situation. If you remember the story, my mom bought me that button that says, I'm a Jesus people. And I'm like, I'm not wearing that to school. I'm not, that is not cool. And she's like, well, if you're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of you. You better wear it. I mean, I don't. Okay. All right. We got this. You know, go to school. And I'm not going to be ashamed of you. I'm going to fan into flame. I'm going to stand up at school. I remember when I was in junior high, I went in the library, I was going to the library, and I saw the Satanic Bible at Metcalf Junior High in Burnsville. And I saw the Satanic Bible on the shelf, and I was like, that shouldn't be, what is that doing here? And I remember I, I, I said to my mom, Dad, I can't believe there's a Satanic Bible in our school. And they said, what do you want to do about it? I said, I'm going to go talk to the principal. And as, how many know, as soon as I said that, spirit of timidity came on me. Yeah. You don't have a degree like the principal, and the principal knows way more, and you're, you're going to go tell the principal to not have the satanic Bible. And I remember walking in that day, I, I literally, I asked all my friends in the youth group, like, you got to pray for me, you got to pray for me. I'm talking to the principal today. I'm going to tell him I don't think we should have the satanic Bible in the school. I was, you know, seventh or eighth grade, and I was going in there, I was like, ah, ah, 
think we should have this at a Bible in the church, in a school, or anywhere. You know, I was like, woof. He's like, I, I didn't hear a thing you said, you know. <laughs> okay, I got this. Okay, I don't think we should have Satan sit, about. And he kind of was like, you know, I appreciate your thoughts, but we want to have all the things available. And I was like, well, it should come with a warning sign or something, you know. And at least I let, they didn't take it out, but at least I was obedient. I was learning. I don't have to have a spirit of fear, okay? I don't have to have that timidity. Or how about stealing a job? I was a teenager, and people said, we, I said, hey, you're stealing. They said, well, we all steal. The wages are too low. I said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I am, I'm not going down that road. Nope, 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 nope. I am not going to steal. I agree to the wage. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. Times opportunities with drugs, opportunities with immorality. Now, more recently, the, the courage to talk to people of power in, in politics and in this world. You know, we all say, like, you know, if I ever got in front of them, I would say this. And then you get in that room and you're like, How's it going? I got just a big fan of yours. Uh, didn't vote for you, a big fan. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, really. And you have to say, I need a spirit of power. I, need, I, I, I will not have a spirit of timidity. Do I believe this or not? Do I want to be liked? Again, I don't, if everybody says, I don't want to have opposition, I, I've got to say what I believe. I, I've got to stand up for And so there's a real reminding myself to fan into flame that I'm going to speak the truth. When I preached the first time at the stadium in India, and I got there and it was like, I've never preached this many people. I've never talked to this many people. I, I, I called Becca. I don't even, I remember like it was a long time ago because I was worried about like, this is $2 a minute. We better pray quick, you know? And I was like, I'm in India and I, I just need courage. I need boldness. I need, I, I, I cannot have timidity. I want to preach this with boldness. And, and I didn't know I was preaching, but I'm going to preach and I'm going to, you pray with me right now that I can preach exactly. These are real things where I had to remind myself the anchor verse, verse God has not given us that spirit of fear, of timidity, of cowardice, of shrinking back, but he wants us to be bold. And I got to tell you right now, uh, currently the thing that I'm dealing with is friends of mine that are abandoning the, theological beliefs that they've held. They're changing their beliefs. They're saying, I no longer believe this because it's too hard to reach people, and so I'm going to change. And I'm like, what's changed? Like, the Word of God didn't change. This is what we believed before this. Now we're changing. Why are we changing? Well, it's just too hard. And, you know, where we live, and we've got to accommodate, and so we're going to change. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And, and, and everybody's like, oh, that's good. Clap, clap. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Do we believe this or not? I mean, what, what happened? And there's a courage that needs to stand up that won't just go along with the crowd. This is what's happening. It's very real. And I know it's hard for you, too. There's more for you. You're in the marketplace. You're in the school. And I, I have the benefit of being a pastor and leading with that title. Say, this is Pastor Rob. This is Pastor Rob. Oh, okay. And there's at least an opening there. Many of you don't have that. And, and you have to say, wait, wait, wait. I'm not laughing at that joke. I'm not going down that road. I'm not going on that app. Not, no, I, I, I really believe this. This is what God's word says. I really believe this. And so we're, we're saying I've got to be bold. Just, I've got to have courage. Courage and boldness are the marks of, of the followers of Jesus Christ. When you look at their early uh, stories in the book of Acts, 
They're like, you can't preach. You cannot preach in his name. And they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And they're like, these guys are really bold. Like we just threatened them with their life and they didn't even flinch. We, we, we said we'd keep them in jail. And they're like, we'll start a prison ministry. We don't care. You know? <laughs> I saw a meme the other day. It said, all my heroes have been to prison. You know? And I was like, and it said, Jesus, Paul. It was, it was all these people. I was like, are you kidding me? So anyways. Three things the Apostle Paul says we have through God's Spirit. I'm not done. I still got to unpack this. He says we have power, we have love, and we have self-control. Okay? And that, again, is our right thinking. It has less to do with the fear but more of a character thinking. Like I have, I have right thinking here and the godly character that aligns with his word, and I, I have self-control in that way. All right? He says, I, I have this power, I have love, and I have self-control. There's a great balance. We have power. Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We have power. God will give you the power you need so you don't have that timidity, that cowardice, that fear knock you down. And you can say, God, I call upon that power that you have. I want that power in my life. I, I believe for that, and I want to fan this into flame. Of course, Acts 1.8 says, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses. There's a power that comes, and the word that is used here is, is really, it's dunamis. It's like a dynamite power. You've got a power that is in you to overcome these things and to stand up and be bold. He also says we have love. We have like an agape love from a, a, a self-sacrificing love. He's like, you've got love. And I'm so glad that we have power and love. How many know if we we're just like, we have power, power, but we have power and love. We can look at people that oppose us and still say, I love you. And we can stand up to the opposition and still do it with love in our heart. So he says you've got power and you've got love, and we should pray for more of that. And then he says you have this self-control, this sound mind, this cool head, this ability. We, we, we have this ability in, in the midst of this to align with God's thinking and have a self-control and to align with what he's thinking. Watchman Nee said this. He was a Chinese Christian writer, and he said this. We must have a spirit of power towards the enemy, a spirit of love towards men, and a spirit of self-control towards ourselves. I love that. I love that we have that opportunity there. And it's crucial for us today, living as believers, it's crucial for us to grab hold of this anchor verse. Grab hold of this anchor verse. We should be bold Christians. You know, I said this this week at something I spoke at. I was actually talking about one of our Kingdom Builder partners. I was at their banquet and I was speaking for them. And I said, the thing I love about Convoy of Hope is they do good deeds in the name of Jesus. And I said, there's a difference between doing it in the name and in your face. And I said, some of us want to be in your face with people. And Jesus just said, do it in my name. And so I'm praying that we'll do things in his name. We'll have a boldness and a confidence that is on us that's not antagonistic, but it's definitely not going to back down. We're going to do it in his name and be bold for Jesus. This is an anchor verse. This, I just feel this is an anchor verse for teenagers right now. 
This is an anchor verse for so many of us, but for teenagers, I just grab hold of this. Grab hold of this. We need a generation coming up that's not afraid, that's not timid, that's okay, that's with, with saying, I, I know who I believe in. I know that you may oppose me, but I want to have the smile of heaven look down on me. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. I'm not going to be timid. I have power. I have love. love I have right thinking. I have a sound mind. And I just want to give you a summary that I want to speak over you. Again, this is just a summary of this. If I could summarize this and speak this over the church, this is what I would say to you right now. You have his spirit that Jesus promised to his people. You have some issues that are not of his spirit, and they're hindering you from being his witness. You may feel threatened, outnumbered, inadequate, and weak. You may worry about what people say about you and what they may do to you. But do not forget God's gift to you is his spirit and he is in you. You possess his spirit, the spirit of the living God. If you don't use this power, you could lose it. So keep it hot. There's a power that commands the hosts of heaven. There is steadfast, everlasting love that never fails. And there is self-control with which you can conquer any fear or adversity. Fear not. Fan the spiritual flame inside of you. Stir it up. Bring it to a blazing fire and you will finish your race. I speak that over our church that we would fear not. Lord, I pray right now that we would fear not, that we'd fan into flame the gifts that are on us through the laying on of hands. I pray that we'd just not have that timidity in a world that says, back down, stand down. You can't believe this. I pray that we'd have a, a spirit that says, no, I have power. I have love. I have a sound mind. I am not backing down on this. I will not shrink back from what God has called me to do. I will be bold. And I will not let fear keep me from being obedient. I will not let fear make me timid and not answer the call of God to go to that part of the world that you've called me. I will not let fear hold me back and keep me from being a witness at the workplace. I will not let timidity just cause me to keep my mouth quiet and make people think that I agree with them. No, I'm not going to do that. I pray that there'd be a spirit that says, I know what I believe. I know where I stand. I won't be timid, but I'll be bold. I'll be bold. And I just pray that over our church and especially the next generation, God, help them to be bold, help them to be filled with fire, help them to keep it hot and to have a passion for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.